Welcome back to the Sound Logic Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. We have a special new review for you. This is album number 32 on Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Greatest Album List. This is Lemonade by Beyonce. Every once in a while on the Sound Logic Podcast, we like to have a guest along. Um, it sometimes happens that those guests return, and we have sort of a, a fir- another first here on the podcast where we have two former guests who are returning together. Um, they were bold enough to be individuals the first time around, and now they're uh, teaming up to be the ultimate uh, power guest. Um we're really happy to have Cam and Kelly back on the show. Cam joined us when we talked about Radiohead's Kid A album, and Kelly joined us when we talked about the Allman Brothers live at Fillmore East. Back in the, the 2012 list, before we had switched over to the 2020 list. Right. Do we remember what that Allman Brothers band album was at? It has oh, sadly like, fallen down the list. Like 49? Way. In the 40s, I think. And it has fallen all the way down to number 105. Um, so we'll maybe get Kelly to give us an update when we get around to that album again. Um, Cam appeared much more recently. Um, the Radiohead album was uh, a part of this 2020 list. Cam and Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. It's really great to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Thank you. Anything major changed in your life, uh, pandemic related? I mean, we're still working from home and hanging out in Detroit. Uh, still hanging out. Yeah, pretty much. There's some like patios open and stuff, so we've oh, been nice. able to go out and have some beers on some patios, support some local businesses, um, eat some tasty food. Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, it's been all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll take anything we can these times, eh? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get started and I want to jump right into the details because this this album had a lot going on uh, with the album and the video. So we'll jump right into some details and then uh, I'm really excited to hear what both of you have to say about this album and how it's impacted you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben, are you ready? I think so. Yeah, let's dive right in. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. It's a bit of a shaky start tonight. That's why yeah. Mike is chuckling. But... <laughs> giving you lots of giving you lots of space here, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Details, 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 details. <laughs> so, Lemonade was released April twenty third, two thousand sixteen. It was uh, Beyonce's sixth studio album. And for our list, our Rolling Stone list, this now makes it the most recent album that we've, uh, in terms of release date, the most recent album we've discussed. So this is the newest album on the list so far. Um, All the songs were written by Beyonce and a lot of other people, like a ton of other people. Um, She had a ton of help, different producers, and we'll talk about some of those. Some of those uh, well-known publicly all of them well-known in the industry. Uh, pretty uh, big production. 
It charted very, very well. It went number one in the U.S., in the U.K., in Canada, and in 11 other countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it also debuted number one on the Billboard charts. Uh, To date, it sold over 2.5 million copies worldwide. And in the first week in the U.S., sold 485,000 copies. Uh, By the end of the year, it had sold a million and a half in the U.S. So very, very successful. also, in terms of awards, was nominated for nine Grammy Awards, uh, the 59th uh, Grammys, including Album of the Year, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year. And it won for Best Urban Contemporary Album and Best Music Video. Uh, she lost Album of the Year to Adele's 25, so two pretty tremendous albums, two big heavy hitters there. So if you're, if you're going to lose, it, I guess it's going to be to another amazing female artist. Uh, but nine... <laughs> nominations is nothing to laugh at um and then uh the visual so this came out as a visual album a video and that received 11 nominations and won eight at the mtv video music awards do people still watch that is that still a thing it is still (laughs) a thing isn't it (laughs) well it's funny that you say that like I, i i think people do watch them and but um just the context that's changed, like half a million albums in the first week, like people don't buy albums anymore. And to sell a half a million records in the first week of sales is just unbelievable. Um, You know, award shows aside, I think those still happen even if no one's watching, but um, yeah, the the fact that this much music can be purchased uh, is just an incredible, incredible number there. Especially in the digital era, because this is recent. Very recent. I was going to say the album was like dropped out of nowhere too. There was no lead up to the album. There was no like press for it. No, like the single was formation, which was like the Super Bowl is when they like, she performed formation. It was like a teaser of what lemonade was, but then lemonade didn't come out till April. So there was no, it, it came out out of nowhere. So to sell that many albums too, after no, no promo for it. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> when Adele beat her out for that Grammy, did Kanye storm the stage and and say, uh, "We got to be honest here that Beyonce should have won"? No, he did that. Um, the previous that was Taylor. no the previous album. No Taylor. Yes, Taylor. But the previous album when he when she lost Album of the Year to Beck's Morning Phase, he did get up on the stage again. But then he quickly turned around, <laughs> and then he like. He like tweeted, he tweeted later on or something about, you know, Beck should respect artistry. And then he had to apologize. Um, <laughs> so I think that, uh, what's, Good what's his thing? Yeah. <laughs> twice bitten, third shy or something. I don't know. Um, he didn't want to do it again for this one. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh, so the visual album. So she released a visual album, a video with this um this was the second one because she did it for her previous album the self-titled from 2013 um this is also a concept album obviously if you listen to it there's a theme there's a there's a story arc a song cycle uh that and i'm reading something here i'm not making this up that relates uh, beyonce's emotional journey after her husband's infidelity in a generational and racial context um, and of course, the the main concepts and themes included in the album are infidelity and trauma in black relationships, black feminism, and African-American history and culture. 
uh, and you'll hear that in the music and see definitely see that in the visual album. In addition to the sort of surprise nature of this being dropped on the public, my understanding was um, she was fairly reserved about what was going on in the studio, even from her husband, from Jay-Z. And not no huge surprise, a lot of the themes here are of infidelity and um, infidelity that he <laughs> uh, had had uh, perpetrated. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and so... Um, Occasionally they would check in with each other. He was working on his own album at the time as well, but there was sort of these like uh, often their own spaces crafting these masterpieces. Um, and uh, there's, there's some really interesting articles about his sort of like, you know, she's like, all right, it's done. Give a listen. And just like him being blown away by, by what she had created. So it was not only a yeah. surprise for the the listening public, but even to the people closest to her or essentially who it was written about um kind of neat to have that sort of just in your back pocket and to lay it all on the table all at once yeah and if i read correctly uh she started recording in 2014 so it took close to two years took a while hmm. that's a pretty big deal too to uh to keep yeah. that a secret from <laughs> everybody yeah uh, and this is this is not this is no small feat this isn't you know a couple of guitars and a vocal track. This is like a lot going on and a lot of personnel. Right. No, very cool. I want to talk about the, the album artwork. Um, and again, I think this is, we've talked, we talked many times and you, you mentioned earlier, Kelly, that albums, we often wonder, are albums still important? Do people listen to albums? Do they just listen to songs. Uh, but this one, I think, is one that's made a mark as an album and as a concept album. And the image, I think, is is a very strong image. Um, is it one that, I mean, you guys have the album, but is it one that's familiar to you? Like, is it a, an image that you've seen a lot in the last four or five years? Or is it something, because sometimes we we think about the album, but not necessarily the uh, the cover. I'm wondering if this is one that's made an impact in you or in your social circles. I guess it's not something I've really seen before. I guess what it looks like is, I don't know, kind of that, I don't know, she's up to something, you know, she's about to, <laughs> you know, it was very, uh, very moving and powerful. So it's. I think that's the opening scene of the, the film, mm-hmm. um, the video itself. I think that's how it starts. Um, and then it like quickly goes to the rest of the thing, but I, like, this is a scene from the film, I guess if that's the image that chose to be the cover of the album, like it says something because that song is from like, don't hurt yourself. Yes. Um, so like that's the thing, the image she wants you to see when you look at the album lemonade, then like, I think it tells a story in itself, um, that that's the song that she chose to put the image out there for. I wonder if with in the albums in the digital era, if cover art becomes less important yeah, uh, because you're yeah. not holding a physical copy. It's just a file, you know, it's just in your playlist uh, because I didn't recognize it when we started doing this and I looked it up. I hadn't seen this image. There's other album covers that are iconic, but this one wasn't familiar to me. It's the visualness of the album itself. Like people yeah, think yeah. of the yeah. the videos. Like you don't think of that cover. You think of like sorry, or you think of don't hurt or uh, hurt, um, hold up. 
like when she's smashing the cars and stuff like yes, yeah. you think of those images you don't think of the the album cover as much i agree i think that's right i think um the uh, the vivid nature of a lot of those uh tracks like um i it, it was only and we can get into the film a little bit later recently that i watched the entire film but i was some somewhat pleasantly surprised to realize i did know some stuff from this album but it was because of watching the videos as they were shared early on it was oh, the okay. the visual spectacle uh i think that was like a, a really big part of the way people gravitated to this was was just the um the really intentional artsy kind of way that she that she choreographed these these videos and these songs together um so i think more than an album cover i think you hear Beyonce's Lemonade and you like see her stomping in her like power boots or whatever. Like there are like suddenly images that like come to your mind that have more to do with what she created than with this image of the cover. I find it's a, it's a bold statement that, I mean, she's Beyonce. Every, like everybody knows who she is, that she doesn't show her face on the cover. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that's a very bold statement. I think it speaks a lot about the nature of the content of the album and kind of uh, maybe how, you could say probably a billion things, but how, how personal it is. Like she's kind of, she's hiding herself mm -hmm. on the cover, but she's wide open in the album. I mean, she shares everything uh, that she went through. Um, so I find that's very contrasting, um, but it's a, but it is an image of power of excess of emotion. Uh, it's, and yeah, now that I've seen the video, I think about that. Uh, Don't hurt yourself song, which is, just loud and in your face and angry and all those things. And this image is, is hidden and reserved. It's like, it's powerful, but do people care? <laughs> I don't know. I find myself thinking a lot of the layers here, like she's wearing um, braids in her hair, but they're blonde. Um, she's, she's like known for her, her powerful physique, but she's wearing like a really, uh, fuzzy fur um, over her arm, so you can't even really tell like where her arm is in that in that space. Like, there's a lot of layers to this image, um, and a lot of lines being blurred. Even too, uh, it's not it's it doesn't immediately strike you as oh that's Beyonce there. Um, uh, and and I wonder if there's some intentionality in that. The album does play on the power dynamics and the racialization of our country. And, um, and, and maybe there's, I'm sure that there was some thought put into, uh, how are we going to demonstrate this on the cover? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's the moment we've been waiting for. I want to hear about <laughs> um, some of your first ladies first. Let's start with Kelly. I want to hear about when you first heard the album. And I think it, was it simultaneous with watching the visual? Like, is that how you listen to it first by watching it through? Yeah. I was working at Penn state, um, 2016 and 
was after like Trump and stuff. So I was working with like MLK um, students and they all knew about it. So like, that's how I knew I needed to watch this. Um, and yeah, I watched it the first day it dropped. I feel like it was in the morning and I watched it even like before at the time, like my ex even got up for anything. Like I was watching it. Um, I think it was a journey. Like I'm really glad that I watched it and listen to it at the same time, like, because still to this day, when I listen to it, I see those images, um, from the like film, really, it's like a film, but yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it, it moved me in a lot of ways. Like I've dealt with infidelity and things like that. So like, it's a album that I've listened to many, many times since then. Like the first time was amazing, like crying, like all the emotions, (laughs) like, um, and then I made like multiple people in my life watch it. Um, I made my sister watch it just for the fashion. Like, uh, <laughs> there's so many <laughs> amazing pieces of it. Um, so I think, yeah, the first time I encountered it, uh, I think it's like life changing. Like, I had listened to Beyonce before, obviously. Like, she's a diva, pop superstar. But like, I think Lemonade was a thing for me and her other album, like before this, that you said it was a visual album, which I didn't know that. Um, Cause like it wasn't dropped like this one was, but uh, I think it's like number 81 on the list. Her, her next album that's on here. But right. yeah, to me, it, this is the album that was like, okay, she is an actual artist and like a icon and like someone to be listened to. And it was definitely a, chance for her to be more yeah unapologetically black um in a way that she hadn't before where much more of her music before that was very like pop and like um you know what a typical female artist would be bringing versus this like, i understand why it took two years if she was such an integral part of like creating it and like writing and obviously like spilling her story but it's much more her than you know single ladies and and her other music that's like really yeah, popular yeah. and lots of people listen to, but like this was like I'm going to tell my story. I don't care even who it speaks to or listens to. You know, like it's definitely for Black people more than for white people. Like it doesn't. Um, it's telling a specific story, but um, I think that's what made it stand out too. Is like it's not something that you normally hear from like pop artists or someone that's like so mainstream um, yeah. to come out with something like this and drop it secretly and all that stuff. And Cam, what about you? What was your your experience first time listening to it? Similar, or did you pick it up later? Uh, pretty similar. I mean, a lot of what Kelly said. Um, I don't think I watched it that morning it came out. I watched it in the evening uh, <laughs> after seeing a bunch of people share it. I feel like on social media, it's it was, mm-hmm. I think, a huge thing um, on the internet that day, that week. It was a big thing for a while. Um I think one of the things that drew drew me to it so much was watching it the first time, also listening. You almost, and I mean, the way that it was just like a film filmed, you're almost like almost watching it more than you're listening. Um, It was just so, yeah, it kind of just trapped you in there. And obviously you're listening too, but, you know, seeing something visually that goes so well with, the tone and everything that you kind of hear in their voice and seeing, you know, something so I feel like beautifully filmed and created. It's, it's an experience for sure. Definitely. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I like that. Ben, do you want to go next? Sure. 
Did you watch it the day it came out? <laughs> um, I, I definitely remember the intensity of that moment. I don't think it was something that I, uh, I know it wasn't something that I watched the day it came out. In fact, I didn't watch it until just recently. Um, but, uh, just hearing you say that and thinking you know, back to how it was for me to watch this the first time, I'm thinking about our conversation just a little while ago about D'Angelo and his voodoo album and there's an interview with Questlove where he talks about how, you know, the Beatles went into the studio to like totally break the mold and created Sgt. Peppers. And a decade later, um, Marvin Gaye went into the studio, like totally broke the mold and created what's going on. I, I feel like this is somewhat similar. Um, he was saying that for D'Angelo, that, that voodoo kind of broke the mold of what a hip hop album could be. And I think Beyonce here with her, like just deep, deep, authentic honesty, um, breaking down genre styles like she includes like country and and oh, uh everything um, like classic rock and and uh, folk rock modern uh music um this is kind of a breaking of the mold as well and and to create it um sort of secretly to do it very privately and and release it as a, a video project all of those things just make me think like this i'm guessing this is going to be something if we haven't already done so that we look back on this and think like, man, that really changed everything, changed the way that that music could be consumed, changed the way that music could sound from uh, an artist like this. And um, yeah, my uh, I, I've in I've appreciated Beyonce for a long time. I, I had a, a sort of mini crush on her in college. And while I was on a <laughs> um, uh, semester abroad, study abroad in South Africa, I happened to be uh, at a mall with uh with one of my host families and um, uh, mentioned that there was a poster like hanging in one of the the hallways, of the mall of, of her, I think it was her crazy in love album um, back in 2003. And was like, oh, I, I really like Beyonce. And my host dad, like later in the day, snuck back to that spot, swiped the poster from the wall and, and brought it back <laughs> to me as like a, a little gift. Like, hey, here you go. You can take Beyonce with you now. And uh, so that hung in my college dorm room for a while. Um, so like, I've always kind of like had this soft spot for her. I just think she's like kind of incredible. Um, uh, someone I kind of admire from a distance, even when I'm not closely following her career. So um so yeah, when those when those videos started getting shared, I was just like, "What is happening here? She's breaking the mold again." And um, I feel a little embarrassed that it has taken me until now to really go deep into this album because it is so so brilliant and so great. Um, but that's my that's my quick little story. <laughs> Not very quick, quick little story. <laughs> well, then I, I guess I guess I'm the odd one out uh, because I have not really followed Beyonce's career <laughs> at all over the years. Um, the first time I remember hearing about this, we were at a Halloween party and there was a lady there. And it's funny because three years later now we work at the same place, but I met her one time years ago and she had a black, a black and yellow tutu on and B like she had B uh, antenna and she had a t-shirt that said lemonade. <laughs> and I said, like, who, who are you? She said, I'm the queen bee. And I was just like, like, didn't, didn't get it. Like it took me all night to figure it out. And I was like, what, 
what is and her name and funny because her name's becky too so she's she was becky with the good hair the queen bee, uh, all at one and and um i was like what it's like, like my, my wife's like mike she's beyonce i was like oh okay so i and i had no idea that lemonade was an album so that's how that's how out of the loop i am and ridiculous uh mm-hmm. but so i just listened to this recently preparing for this um i listened to the audio and then i watched the visual and um as much as it it really enhanced i think my understanding of the story like it really i think helps tell her story plus she has a lot of spoken word between the songs which which I think enhances that as well. But then I noticed that a lot of the songs are modified just slightly, like the audio, maybe at the beginning or the end, or some of them are cut a little short, I think. So then I went and listened to the audio again, well, several times. The last 24 hours of my life is probably I've listened to more Beyonce than I've listened to my whole life <laughs> all put together, <laughs> which isn't a bad yes. thing. Um, and it's all, it, but uh, I've listened to it a lot. So, um, I think before we start recording, I I watched it with my daughter who was like, you're watching, you're watching a Beyonce movie. Can I watch it with you? And I was like, Oh yeah, why not? (laughs) And uh, so no, she was pretty good with it. But I asked her, I said, after I said, what did you think? She goes, it was really good. It was a lot, but it was good. I said like, what are some of the themes? What did you see? And you know, she picked up on a few things and some of it, is obvious and some of the less obvious, but she understood what was happening. And Beyonce is somebody that she looks up to, as I think many, many young girls who know who she is, look up to her as a, as a powerful, strong uh, female uh, uh, role model. Um, so she was excited. Uh, I think it was good for her to see a person like that go through things like pain and anger um, and to, to have that played out. I think that was really a good thing for her to see. So that was interesting just to watch it with her because I was half interested, but half really, really nervous at what was going to come on the screen next, (laughs) if that would be appropriate for her. But uh, it was, it was great. It was great to watch it. Um, I'm glad I watched it. I think it helped me understand the album better. Um, I'm not, I will talk about it more because I don't want to just say everything right now, but uh yeah, brand new to me. Like so much of this project for Ben and I has been new because this isn't a genre. But but one thing you said, Ben, that I want to repeat is I was uh, shocked and amazed at how much she bends genres in this uh, in this album. How she it is mm-hmm. a it is yeah. a pop album. It's a it's a it's an R and B pop album. It's very much Beyonce, but she weaves almost every genre there is into it and it's unbelievable how she does it flawlessly um yeah it's very different than anything i've ever listened to but it still feels like if i had an image in my head a sound of what i think beyonce sounds like i think it fits into that but it's so much more so anyways i'm gonna stop because i'll just keep rambling um but uh I really, really liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Uh, Kelly and Cam, I'm curious for for the two of you who've been listening to this for a while, when you think about this album, does it first and foremost in your mind come up as a film or as the just the music? And, and when you're listening to it, do you want to have the film on or do you listen to it just as a, a musical album? 
I think uh, for me, I I do think about the film a lot when I listen to it, but I have listened to it way more times than I've actually watched it. Um, okay. Because, yeah, watching it is really intense. Um, it's intense. It requires something of you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like, you, it takes some energy to sit and watch it. And there's, like, so many different things you can pick apart in it, so many different messages that aren't just what the album's saying, too. And so... Um, yeah, I've watched the album. I've watched it like multiple times, but I've listened to it way more. And yeah, it is my like go-to album for like I got divorced, so like it was my go-to album for going through my divorce and like mm, listening mm. to myself up. And like uh, I think it starts off sad and it says a lot of things, um, but also like you don't get to hear women like yelling. Um, while they're singing or like right. saying things that she's saying usually and so it was like a chance to like get it out in the car while I'm driving yeah. um, and like have that moment <laughs> um, and then too like down with a different song because um, I think a lot of different songs speak in different ways to me but yeah how about for you Cam what, what, do you think about it more as a video project or as a music album uh, I mean I've listened to it way more than I've watched it but I guess when someone does mention Lemonade. I always kind of put it with a film, mm-hmm. like a visual experience. So I guess whenever I hear about it, I always at least think about the video and how, you know, if I recommend it to someone, it's like, you should totally listen to this, but you totally need to watch the video too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I went down that path. I, I got scolded all the way back when we talked about the band for the first time by our guest Jason Crane for not ever watching The Last Waltz. He said it, it was my duty as a Canadian to watch that film. And then um, when we were talking with Purple Rain with our friend uh. Glenn Guyton, um, he was just flabbergasted that neither, neither of us had ever watched Purple Rain. It was sort of a, a travesty yeah. in his mind. So um, I, th- I think I like pulled up the Lemonade Wikipedia page and was like, oh, that's right. It was a film. I was like, okay, this is the time. I've got both yeah. of their voices in my head. I'm going to correct this this time. I'm like, Make sure I do it properly. Yeah. Right. And it's different. Like when mm-hmm. you watch it compared to hearing it because there's two like a whole bunch of different messages i think in the film that you don't hear so like there's an entire story like written to black women and um like in the piece where like malcolm x is like talking in it and um her grandmother talking about making lemonade like it's definitely as like speaking to like black women's resilience and black people's resilience in general um and like you don't get that out of the songs like if you don't if you just listen to the album and watch the random videos that you can watch on youtube i don't think you get the full picture of like the story she's telling of like resilience um for black women in particular yeah so i i was gonna google that kelly is that actually beyonce's grandmother in the film Quick editorial note here in looking this up, the woman talking about Lemonade in Freedom is the voice of Hattie White, Jay-Z's grandmother, taken from a speech that she gave at her 90th birthday party. I I got the impression that it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like the images, like her father's in it in in old pictures, um, and then obviously in the film too is like all of the um, black mothers who have lost like sons, like mostly recently. Um, but like, yeah, if you didn't watch it, you wouldn't hear like know that when that 
part of the song comes on, like that that's what's happening. And like, we're talking about moving forward and like the resilience that, you know, we're going to, we're going to persevere, whatever it is. Um, like her story is about infidelity, but in general, like this is a whole group of people who have persevered yeah. over time in general. Um, and so, yeah. It wasn't until, until that line from her grandmother came on that I had no idea what the significance of lemonade. I'm watching the whole thing, listening, going, I thought a couple times, what does this got to do with lemon? Like, there's got to be something here. And then that one line just makes it all come back. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Because <laughs> uh, that's a phrase we we know. Like, we all know that phrase. Yeah, I think she says, yeah, I took lemons and I made lemonade. And yeah, it was like speaking to resilience, like that yes. whatever we're handed, we're, we'll deal with. Um, and much more so like, yeah, for black women than she was speaking to than anyone else. Yep. Sometimes it's tricky with concept albums to pull out favorite tracks. Um, I'm curious, I, I'm curious to hear all of you think about this out loud a little bit, but do you, do you have the ability to separate individual tracks out or does it feel like we've felt for some of the albums where we've tackled, like I want to press play on track one and let it go all the way to the end. And it doesn't feel complete unless I hear it as a whole. Um, are you able to like pull tracks out at random or, or does it feel like these, these deserve to be in a collection as a, as a set? I think Cam and I talked about this bunch, um, like preparing for today. Um, but like the album like tells a story. And so, yeah, we did have a hard time. We were like, we got to choose what our favorite tracks are. Like, I have no idea like, what tracks <laughs> are hard to choose what one speaks for the album because they are so different and like, they could all be on their own album almost mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't know if they weren't all together here, you, they could be on different albums and you wouldn't necessarily know. For like sure. they all, to speak for themselves and so like yeah i have my favorite tracks for sure um but yeah i do it like you could put the whole album on there and be like you gotta listen to this whole thing maybe not formation so much at the end like it's kind of an afterthought but the rest of it i'm like put the whole thing on there and listen to it yeah i think it was uh hard to pick favorites just because they're all kind of favorites uh especially when they're put together it's kind of just one thing um, you know, and I feel like each of them kind of represents something pretty huge. So, um, I think it was a bit difficult than other albums. It's like, oh, this is good. This is good. You know, this one, it's kind of just a, just one thing, you know, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I can't like not talk about uh, "Don't Hurt Yourself" and Jack White. I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that in there. I'm a Jack White fan, uh, Detroit, and since he doesn't make it on the list, so we're really super late. Um, this month, <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw an interview, uh, or he did an interview on NPR where they asked like, "How did you collaborate with Beyonce?" Um, and I guess they were at some like awardee show thing together and she just like, came up to him and said, I want to be in a band with you. And he was like, uh, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> um, and, and, and like, just let's be like, she definitely controlled what the song was. Like she made it. It was, and you can hear his sound on it and he's on it. Like you hear him, but he's not in the visual at all. Um, you can tell that it's a Jack White song and he's played it at, 
I've seen him play it live um, myself, where he had like background singers singing it. Um, And he was like selling it at Third Man Records and stuff, the the album. But yeah, I I mean, that song for me is like a huge, like I've like screamed it in my car many times. (laughs) Um, Very super powerful. Yeah, not like um, any other like female vocalist song really that you hear. You don't hear female vocalists or pop stars or however you describe Beyonce like being angry. And so, yeah, yeah that's, that's been important to me. Yeah, I just want to circle back for a second um, to something that when we were pre- preparing for this, Kelly, you wrote something. You said uh, you feel like this album is is a love letter to black women. And I think uh, I was picking up on some on some of the images and 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 feeling some of that. But when I read that you wrote that, I went back and and I thought about it more. I thought, yeah, that's totally true. And that's when because you said that you felt that formation was a bit of an afterthought. And when I read that from you, I felt like I understood formation better uh, because to me. Um, the song before that, uh, All Night, is is the last song of the story, and Formation is the epilogue. So Formation is outside of the narrative that comments on... That's what an epilogue is. It comments on the narrative, and epilogue says this is really to other black women who are going through what I'm going through, and uh, get in Formation... And it, it, it's a bold song. Uh, it, it's in your face, but I think it, it comments and summarizes a lot of the themes and sentiment and power of the album and ties it together. Uh, so I, I was surprised when I saw that you wrote that you weren't sure where formation fit. I thought, wait, I think that you helped me understand that better <laughs> because it does sound different and it does sound a little out of place, but I think I think it's supposed to be outside of that narrative. It is it is like a like a third person kind of looking back at the narrative. So um, thank you for helping me understand that, even though you you weren't sure where <laughs> it, that, it, that it fits. But I, I, I say thank you for helping me. <laughs> I. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out as I go, as as I watch it, and the, even the video, like it looks more like like a typical Beyonce music video. That portion, like that last song. So I was thinking, like this does seem very different, but I really think that it's to it's to sum it all up, and it's just one of the another one of the things that I really really like about about this album. Yeah, I didn't. I never thought about that that way i guess like obviously i know formation and um but i didn't think about it as epilogue so that's a cool way to think about it and it does kind of like speak to we went through all these things now like let's move to the next thing because yes. we're powerful women and we can just keep going yeah yes that and that mm-hmm. as i thought about it after i was like oh yeah that makes sense because because all night really is uh, a conclusion to to that narrative um as i thought about it again it was such a i guess i'll talk about this now such a beautiful story arc um when i started listening to the album i thought you know this is just going to be basically a big 
you to Jay-Z um, and just being angry and the whole album was just going to be rage and anger and revenge and awesome. Um, and that part was awesome. And um, just as a human, I'm proud of her for being able to express all that. But then we got halfway through and the story continues and there's beautiful uh, reconciliation and forgiveness and all that stuff which is enhanced oh geez I'm getting emotional it's enhanced so much by by the video uh, even the chapter titles that walk you through everything that's happening and then you see this kind of move to reconciliation after which is not typical of a Hollywood couple something goes wrong we don't like it anymore and we move to the next relationship because we can take our pick because we're famous and rich and they decided and she made very clear that they just she decided that it was what's underneath that she loves about him and that they're going to move on and then that's the Try last song in my mind of, of the narrative all night is that Less you know away. I still need to learn to trust you but but we're moving on and I want to I want to make this work which is just absolutely beautiful so um, out of place for our society and for celebrity Fast to do that you don't hear about that I think it's different than other like story albums so like we talked a bunch about like I like how it tells a story from start to finish. If you think of, like Ziggy Stardust or like Pink Floyd, like there's a even some Rush, like tell a story from start to finish. Usually they're like a magical story or like it has nothing yeah. to do with anything versus like this yeah. tells a story, soul story of like here's what happened, here's how I'm dealing with it. I went through anger, I went through anguish, like and now we're on the other side and we're gonna try to work through it. And like other women can do it too if we were like included for right. people. Yeah. And like you can do it too. Like we're resilient, we'll get through it. Um, I love a good story album. Like yeah, that's why I think it's like the whole album needs to be played because it's it tells the full the full picture. My first attempt, I only got halfway through, and and that when I went back again, I was like, oh, that that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> you you have to listen to the whole thing. Um, uh, have either Cam and Kelly have you are you familiar with Joni Mitchell's Blue album mm -hmm. yes it really reminded me of that in terms of emotion and the and transparency and vulnerability I yeah. I, I think it's the it's the second time the first was Joni Mitchell's Blue second time I felt that somebody's just bared their soul to me on their on their album and I, it felt so personal and intrusive you know it's almost unbelievable that someone would do that for the whole world and i think that joni mitchell did that not that one's not quite as straight up a narrative but it's so personal and it you almost it almost it's almost uncomfortable to listen to because there's nothing left <laughs> private um, and i felt like that listening to this like wow this is really all right inside of everything that you were going through that's incredibly personal how could you share that with us what a gift <laughs> you know yeah and i would argue with the film like that it's the most vulnerable like she talks about miscarriages she talks about you know just like all the things that people go through yeah. but they never talk about and i think we can all like there's a million love songs right there's a million songs where people bear their heart or, like about how they miss someone or the things that they went through but like yeah the entire story in a way that yeah share something very personal that she's a very public figure too 
Um, I think it's something we haven't heard. And people don't talk about either. Um, you don't talk about infidelity. You don't talk about miscarriage. You don't talk about, you know, being strong for your man. Like, all those things. Like, we don't just don't talk about it. So I think it, like, bared, bared soul in that way. I think it makes me think of Daddy Lessons. The country song on the album where she talks about her dad. And it's, your dad means a lot to you and he taught you these things, but also, like, your dad wasn't that great of a person either. Like, he's human and he did these things too. And he, you know, is telling you, watch out for people like me. Um, you're going to need to watch out for us. Um, yeah. I think that was, yeah, basically him saying, or her saying that, you know, or I guess him saying, like, you know, don't go for guys like me. And, you know, she <laughs> even kind of explains that, you know, him saying, don't go for guys like, jay-z you know it's not right well you know but you know i feel like being able to express that and still you know i guess still be with her partner and you know uh i guess just expressing that you know that he's not a great guy but you know this is maybe what we can do and this is how much i love you and you know but maybe you are a great guy but you've made you know you made a mistake, you know, and I don't know, it's just really powerful. You know, I feel like a lot of us don't really think that way. Uh, and then make a film about kind of all the bad stuff that you've went through. There's some like positive at the end, you know, but it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, negative things happening, but you know, uh, it's just a much different way than I think, you know, how we kind of look at it. That song in general, like, I don't know if you've heard Dixie Chicks did a version of it with her. Um, oh, no. But they're, they're called just the Chicks now. But so the Chicks and Beyonce did it on the CMA, like Country Music Awards. And people complained about Beyonce being on the Country Music Awards. But, like, Beyonce's from Texas. Beyonce rode horses. Black people are country. Like, all this music is black music anyways. So let's, like, take a step back. But it's also like an amazing country song like you could hear it on a country yeah. station oh, anytime yeah. never in it being a country song like it is a country song um yeah I, and it's where like yeah other songs in there that sound more rock or whatever like yeah beyonce with a country song is just as amazing as any other country song that's not better um than everything else that's out right now yeah it sounds a lot more country than a lot of the country that's there <laughs> way less way more stripped back um it's a great tune and again another pleasant surprise for me i'm listening to the album and then i have this acoustic based country you know banger <laughs> like it's like well, it's just a cr- like new orleans it has like a yeah. new orleans feel with the saxophone and stuff and like that's a very like yep. country uh yeah south texas new orleans feel to it um like yeah it is country there's no like doubt about it being like a country song but yeah i know when i heard that song that it was like uh oh shit like i grew up on country like listening to yeah you're saying carrie underwood shania twain dixie jokes like all that stuff i grew up on um I'm like, this is a country song. And, like, I cry listening to it, like, thinking about my dad and stuff. Like, I definitely, like, it's a very emotional song. And then the visuals of it, too. Then you think about the visuals where she's wearing the, like, Victorian dress and stuff. Like, it's yep. pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that you're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that you mentioned what she was wearing. I thought that was a... Uh... 
pretty like a thing I noticed. I feel like she had a different dress or outfit. Literally every camera shot. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of different <laughs> clothing, you know, which you know represented. I think that was kind of a part of it too. You know, every time the screen changed, it's like, well, she's wearing something different, sometimes completely different than what she just had on. Yeah, you know, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that with like uh, in the beginning. She's wearing like a hoodie, and she's very stripped down, and she's like by herself on a stage, and just like starting to talk about like what's happening. And then yeah, when you're she's in the yellow dress and she's like smashing all the cars and stuff, it's very like oh, I'm out here, I look amazing, like I'm powerful, do whatever I Like hold up is like I'm a gangster, like you're literally not gonna mess with me because I'm like out here in my floor coat and like chains and stuff. And boots or something. Yeah, like yeah. 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 Like every yeah. Of course, like yeah, the fashion is like huge, but <laughs> Um, I'm glad you brought up the yellow dress. I asked uh, my wife Nora. I said, "Have you have you listened to this album?" She said, "Yeah, I've I've heard it." I've, when I think about it, all I can think about is her in that yellow dress, smashing those car windows. And uh, to me, that was when she. You have the first track, and she's kind of she's drowning, and then those huge wooden doors open, and the water comes out of her feet in that yellow dress. I my jaw hit the floor. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> you know, you can't get like it's just so iconic and." She's uh, my the the word my wife uses. She's like a goddess. Like she she is. She's like elevated status. Just those images are so iconic. Um, I don't know about you guys. Maybe this is like just I'm bleeding my whiteness too much. But when I heard the beginning of Hold Up, I I can hear like Enya chords. Is that like? Am I the only one who hears that? Yeah, I think probably your, your expressions are saying that yes. It is a, because it is a cover. Yeah, man. That's a cover? It's a cover song. It is a country song, yeah. So I heard that refrain, hold up, they don't love me like I love you. And I just could not figure out what it was, but I didn't want to look it up. Uh, it took me forever to remember that what? the Yeah, Yeah, Yes had that song with the same refrain. We're talking about hold up? Yeah, man. Well, like, I don't love you like I love you is Maps, but that song is Andy Williams. Andy Williams saying like they can't get used to uh, not having you rap. Like that song is an Andy Williams song. Like the whole like tune of it is Andy Williams like old country. Oh, interesting double cover. I mean, it obviously like it obviously has that reggae feel to it, but uh, oh my gosh, I'm out of. I'm sorry, I'm so out of the loop. You'll have to delete. You'll have to delete half the things I've said here. One of my favorite songs is "Freedom." Uh, oh, so good! Yes, and the beginning of it is like old '60s rock songs with like yes. the organs and stuff. And I, yeah, remember yeah. hearing it for the first time and like my hair standing up on my arm, like getting goosebumps. Like, oh shit! Like, what's happening now? Like, here's a whole other angle we've just like hit into. Um, yeah. But that song too is like the turning point to me of the album of like now it's time to like set ourselves free and and start anew and we can get through it kind of thing. That's the second appearance of Kendrick Lamar on this uh, Rolling Stone list, and and actually I think this is the second appearance of Beyonce on this list because wouldn't she in um, did she make an appearance on my dark, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy? I think she has some background vocals on that. Well, maybe yeah, you might be right about that. Anyways, that's a sidetrack. 
But uh, yeah, no, freedom so good. <laughs> I thought that my my headphones were gonna break because it's intentionally distorted at the beginning of the track. Like it's so loud, and, and it's such a great effect. I love it. Um, that's a great track. We've got a Zeppelin reference here too, right? But which track track is it on? Uh, don't hurt yourself. But I it's can't don't help me. I can't find. I can't. I can't find I can't it pick out this. When I look, yeah. I think it's. There's some high pitched kind of reverberating, uh, almost like it's on a repeat. There's some sounds, and I think it's in that, but it's not like a, a you know a long phrase that you can hear. I think it's just some pieces of sound that got uh, mod uh, modified a little bit. But um, I listened to it a few times because I was like, how did I miss? Like I that is probably my favorite Zeppelin song, um, and I couldn't I couldn't pick it out. Yeah, I don't think, I feel like it's like maybe they, I would have to listen to like Jack White say that he actually sampled that because I feel like it's like reaching to say that they're sampling that because yeah, I also really like When the Love You Break uh, and I don't hear oh, it at all. Like I just no, don't hear I, I it. So. There's a very similar drum rhythm, drum beat, but I don't think it's yes. John Bonham. No, no, because it's not this, it's similar, but it's not the same and it's not, it's not a sample. That, like that drum it's not a sample but I think there's I I think it's just creating a bit of an audioscape but I I had a hard time picking it out you know this new list had a lot of different voters um, and they highlighted uh, when they released this list like who voted and right at the top list you know they had Taylor Swift they had some other really prominent uh, figures in music right now a lot of women younger women younger men just uh, people from lots of different backgrounds when I listened to um, the song Six Inch, which features The Weeknd, uh, Go Canada, I was hearing a lot of uh, sounds that I heard on Taylor Swift's Reputation album. And I can only imagine that she was heavily influenced by this album in, in writing that album, which came out probably a year or two after, maybe a year and a half after this. Um, go listening to this course i'm listening to this after because my daughter's a huge taylor swift fan so i've heard all of her music and i know it very well um, now i hear a lot of this in that and i'm sure it was influenced same thing when i'm here uh, formation i hear like uh stuff that like lizzo is doing and i'm sure that that you know so you hear you go back and listen to something, even though this is not that old it's only five years old i'm hearing even in the last five years all these successful powerful female artists that have very obviously been influenced by this album and that's to me the true test of why an album is great and is on a list like this is that how has it impacted music and culture and even in five years we see the direct impact of this album to some other uh, very iconic and successful female solo acts yeah, I would argue that yeah, Taylor Swift probably hasn't given enough credit to Beyonce for multiple <laughs> things that she's done that have worked off of right. that, including like the surprise albums and videos or whatever. Yep. But like, yeah, I definitely think a lot of people have been influenced by Beyonce. Not even just like that, like random things. Like we said, Becky. We were laughing about Becky. Like she references oh. Becky with the good hair. Like that's a cultural thing that we talk about. 
um, hot sauce in my bag is also like a like a thing that people talk about, and probably was before that too. <laughs> but like even more so, I think with this album, right. say, like we hear those cultural references, and that's how you know it's like so iconic. Uh, what she's created and how much it yeah, has influenced pop culture and the things like moving forward. I don't know if you ever watched Kimmy Schmidt, like that unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Titus on that show does a thing where he's like, I'm lemonading, and he does his version of Hold Up, and like it makes him out like he's but like, yeah, he's like, watch out, I'm lemonading, and he has the like bat and then the dress and everything. Um, so yeah, it's definitely certainly like an iconic, I think that it's like the definition of iconic. It's like, you can see that image and you're like, oh my gosh, Beyonce doing this. Um, yeah, that's what I think this whole album is very iconic. So getting back to favorite tracks, like this might be a challenging thing given the way this album is constructed and, and uh, what all went into it, but can, um, can we get your choices for our Spotify playlist? Yeah, uh, at least for me, I put, I think I put Freedom as my favorite track. Um, as we were just talking about Freedom with like the like 60s, 70s rock organ and everything in the beginning. Um, and then again, it's just like that song that is like uplifting after everything that's happened um, and makes you feel powerful and like, I'm going to get it through and get through no matter what. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I'm resilient enough to, to make it through. Yeah, that's that's a great one. What about you, Cam? Um, probably Daddy Less Daddy's Lessons. Just gonna how we talked earlier about you know the country um vibe and kind of just the message. I think it's it's huge. So it'll probably be my favorite. I have so many favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I think those choices probably give people a good impression of the album and yeah, there's a lot there to digest and it's it's pretty incredible and like we said earlier i mean it deserves to be listened to as an album because of the way it was created the concept behind it and um sort of the piece of work that it is so check it all out (laughs) yeah and watch watch the video you've got to watch the film (laughs) yes no and we said that to y'all too i was like you gotta watch this before you and like i said i made multiple people watch it with me and like (laughs) i don't you got to watch it. Yeah, that's that's important. And like you couldn't just find it. It wasn't easily accessible. It's not like you can just YouTube it. Like you had to like kind of search no. for it to get to it. So it's very much like insider Beyonce stuff. We watched the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my my trial membership of Tidal right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to remember to cancel that. <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, downloaded it illegally maybe at one point uh, when I first saw it. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth buying. I don't know if you saw Homecoming, her like live oh, uh, video she did on Netflix. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of lemonade in that, um, but that in in itself too is like a love letter to like HBCUs, like historically black colleges and the marching band scene and like. A bunch of the songs she pulls in all. It was amazing. And just like an enormous, enormous production crew, too. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people involved. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, probably like 75,000 people there. They were probably like, 
thousands and thousands of people at Beyonce. And then, yeah, she did two nights in a row, uh, and they filmed both of them. And, yeah, I, I mean, she's a powerhouse. Like, she's on my bucket list at the top, towards the top, at least, of people I still need to see. Um, and I wish I would have saw her, like, right after Lemonade. But, yeah. We've talked about the songs and the lyrics. But I want to, I, I just want to say one thing. Her her vocal performance, we know that Beyonce is an incredible vocalist, but she did some things on this album that I thought were pretty pretty impressive and and stretching as a vocalist like uh some of the screaming rock and roll screaming and don't hurt yourself um some of her runs like we know that she can run like crazy but her runs like in sorry are wild and and some of the emotion a song we haven't talked about yet is sandcastles and that was one that was familiar to me when i heard it oh i've heard this somewhere um and that's such an emotional song and you can hear it in her voice like she's she's gonna totally lose her voice and cry and that's not easy to replicate. Like, I'm sure we've all been there talking or singing and start crying involuntarily, but to, to produce that, it's quite something. So her her vocals are obviously incredible through the whole album, but there's a few spots like that that were just kind of next level in terms of what you can do with your, your instrument. Um, pretty cool so that was i think that's my last yeah, that's comment i'm gonna cut myself yeah it's pretty <laughs> that's intense that, that's when you see cry a lot. yeah i feel like i wonder if she recorded it all in one sitting like and just did it and didn't and was like this is it like and didn't record it a bunch of times because yeah i don't know how you could get to that emotion and like yeah there's definitely a part of the song i know exactly what you're talking about where you're like she's about to just like break down like how is she even still going at this point um need to pause but like i wonder if she just did it all in one sitting and was like okay that's it like we're not you know we don't need to record it a bunch of times in the studio like it's it's a pretty amazing moment and in the in the film I noted two things about that song. Number one, it's the first time it sh- like it shows her playing piano in a room. It's the first and possibly the only part of the film that shows her as like an artist. Like obviously she's singing, but it doesn't show her as like a music, like a performing artist or recording artist. Number one. Number two, it's the first uh, part of the film that has images of Jay-Z because uh, there are, there is some film on that track and later tracks, but there's nothing. It does. She's obviously speaking of him earlier on, but there's no image of him until that point, and that's a real turning point in the story arc where she's starting, to, like she's walking back and being willing to forgive and repair. And I thought it was very significant that she could have showed. There could have been images of him in a negative light earlier on, but that's the first time it shows her as an artist and shows her as it shows images of him. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty powerful and a, and a very intentional choice. I feel like so, we didn't talk about Sorry at all. I love that song in particular. Go for it. Serena <laughs> uh, Williams is in the video. Which I love. Uh, Serena Williams is a very powerful yeah. woman, so I love that she like got her yes. in the video. 
Um, especially like the things when you find out that like she was in like one Wimbledon while she was pregnant. Um, she also had a really difficult time giving birth, which is like black women are like four times more likely to die giving birth than white women. And so like two are speaking to it. And there's just like so many layers that they're speaking to. Even just like having her in the video, you're like, this is a powerful woman that people all the time are like picking at or for what, you know, because she's an athlete and in the spotlight, like she's here too, a powerful woman who can be like, oh, you, I'm not sorry for like any of this stuff. Uh, I'm just out here being my unapologetic self. Um, yeah, yeah uh, every song is so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that Un- unapologetic, and you, um, I can't remember who said it earlier. One of you, I think it was you, Kelly, who said earlier about you know showing what it is to be unequivocally black. And we talked a lot about that with our guest Daryl on um, Kendrick Lamar's uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly," and uh, he talked. He helped us understand a lot about how that album speaks of uh, reclaiming um, black sexuality and how that for so many decades, hundreds of years, it was it was oppressed and controlled and how that was trying to kind of, again, break that open and, and just first, number one, just talk about it more and then embrace it more. And I see so much of that. I mean, Beyonce's been doing that the whole time, but this was very... I think having Serena there, I didn't think about how impactful that was until you, I mean, I recognize her, but you bringing that up, it, that is very, very powerful and, and makes a great statement. Um, and that's another theme that, that is very prevalent in the whole film. Other than her and Jay-Z, the only other like quote unquote people that you would know are the mothers of like black men who have been killed. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those are the only, like Michael Brown's mother and um, Tamar. Yeah, like there's multiple people whose mothers are in there, but otherwise you only know Jay-Z, Beyonce and Serena Williams. It's really like the only like cameo yeah. um, that's in there. Uh, there's other famous people we didn't really get to like the guy who directed it is like a black male director I believe from New Orleans like not known or anything um, and so she definitely like pulls people up into the ranks as far as like who she brought into the film I think um, she definitely intentionally chose more dark skinned women too because that also is like an issue within the black community yeah. so like speaking to like visuals of dark skinned women. She too spoke to like queer relationships and stuff. Like there were images of, um, you know, couples and there are queer couples too. So like, I appreciated that because that isn't as like spoken about in the black community. So like to, to bring that into lemonade, I think was a big statement. Um, that is like all relationships can be important and, and like worth saving or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always ask the question, is this still relevant? I don't think we even need to uh, <laughs> go into much detail because clearly this it's is no very relevant. Is that what you mean? No, Ben. <laughs> uh, it's so relevant. Not, not only is it recent, which makes it automatically relevant in most cases, but it's it was so successful and iconic. Um, it, it is It is still we can hear it influencing the music that's coming out right now. And that has come out in the last few years. I feel like uh, the message that it gives is 
um, something that's still really relevant as far as, especially in 2020, um, a lot of, uh, you know, racism issues, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of issues basically. Uh, and, you know, I think it's relevant just kind of the message that it gives and how, I don't know, you know, fighting for, especially, you know, everyone's kind of been going through a lot of stuff right now, probably infidelity, probably, you know, so it's kind of, yeah, it just speaks, you know, especially because things aren't the best this last year. So um, almost kind of gives you hope in a sense that, you know, yeah. things will probably be okay. So it might be possible to say that this is the most relevant album we've tackled on the list, partially because of how recent it is, but also just yeah. because it, it does feel so timely and, and significant in this moment in time, still, um, still a few years after it was released. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Cam. I didn't think about that. Uh, separation rates, you know, are spiking. We're spiking last year because people realized they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't spend a whole day a whole week with with the person they were cohabitating with so um and that was really challenging so yeah that's yeah. an extremely i didn't even think about how relevant that is that's an extremely relevant issue um given our current climate i feel like it's still relevant in the like well like black lives matter movement and stuff like that but in the uh, like black people created so much music that we don't acknowledge that they created yeah, that like right. he represents like all those different genres of music throughout the whole piece. And it's like, literally like black people can do anything like, and we've been doing it. And like, here's another example of like, here it is. It's amazing. Um, like, don't forget that we've like started this and been doing this yeah. and we're going to keep doing it. Um, we're not going to stop doing it. So like, yeah. Yeah, we're here. Uh <laughs> I guess yeah, to agree with that and not to get political in any way, but you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Kelly was saying, you know, black people are here and they are powerful. Um but I guess in the political aspect about, you know, voting, a lot of black communities that weren't really voting in the past completely I feel like shocked a lot of people um, with the numerous elections we've had in the last few months here in the States and how, you know, it's, you know, black people are capable of, you know, changing the future for not just them, but for, you know, everyone that exists. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's huge and so relevant in every way. It's probably the most relevant in the five, seven years. Like, yeah, of all it's... the albums I can think of, like, it is the more relevant and speaks to what has been happening in our culture and, like, yeah, multiple layers of, of what has been happening. I think you could look at this as a time capsule of what, you know, these, the Trump era uh, started yeah. as, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's just super... I guess real and shit's been pretty real <laughs> the last year, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. If nothing else, that's a great message and lesson she gets across that just lay, you got to lay it all out. Like you, 
the the path to healing won't happen unless you unless you're willing to bear it all. Um, and that's a really tough lesson, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's an important one. Um, I want to I want to move us on to um, so we talked a little bit about this. This is a good transition into it. It's a recent album, but it's number thirty two on the top 500 albums of all time. And to me, that was one of the most astonishing things that so many of the albums that are in the top 10, 20 are albums that have been around. You know, we talked about the Beatles, Marvin Gaye, other iconic things. Now we have Beyonce, who is a legendary artist, even though she's recent, but a five-year-old album that almost cracks the top 30. Let's start with you, Ben. How do you feel about that? I think it's fitting with this 2020 list in that there is uh, one more um, uh, woman on the list. Those were severely lacking on the 2012 list, especially in the top 40, um, and one more person of color as well. So um, it's great to have that uh, increasing diversity. It's certainly not a perfect list by any means, but um, it's great to have some of that. I'm always a little bit hesitant when something is so recent to say these this is one of the greatest um because we still don't know i mean e- even something like um the uh d'angelo's voodoo that i previously mentioned like you know that when these lists were originally created um the album came out in the year 2000 and it was like in the late 400s like it was almost off the list and now all of a sudden it's at number 28 um because time has taught us that it deserves to be that high mm-hmm. um so I, I feel some like, ooh, are we sure we know what we're doing here? And we put something up that really hasn't had to stand up the test of time yet. Um, but I have no problems with it here. I don't I don't listen to this and think like, ah, we're gonna regret that choice. I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty fantastic. And um, you know, we we've been able to talk about this for well over an hour without <laughs> even really barely scratching the surface of all that's there. Yeah. And so um yeah, absolutely. I, I I like that it's here. I don't. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get another Rolling Stone list in another decade where it winds up. If it climbs into the top twenty or ten, or if it if it uh, drops in any way, or if it just stays put. What do you guys think? Do you agree with that uh, sentiment? Do you think it should be higher, lower? What do you think? Um, I think it's in a good spot. I wouldn't think I think if anything it would be it should be um lower uh just for its I don't know it's just so powerful it's it's uh and for like kind of how you mentioned being you know a woman being that low and also a black you know a person of color as well and a black person of color who, or a person of color who's hitting so many different genres in the album too. And there's a video. Like it's, it's, it's it's huge. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's in a good spot. And, you know, if someone was going to look at the list and try to dig some new music, typically they'd probably look at the bottom of the list first or the, I guess the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) everyone kind (laughs) of needs to, you know, experience it, you know, cause I think it's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely in a good spot for me. I think again, it's like one of those albums I listen to start to finish. So like I can walk, listen to the whole thing. Not all albums. Can you do that? Like some albums are just, you know, they have their top songs and you go to those 
when you like, you know, want to jam to those songs. But like this album, you can listen to just start from finish. And I don't think that's like, that's rare. Like, I think that's what makes part of the top 50 is like those albums that like you literally, like you could just listen to them over and over again, the whole album and be totally satisfied. And I don't think we get that. And yeah, the fact that like a woman and there aren't that many women in the top 50. And so I'm glad that Beyonce got her credit, like credit is due to her. So like, I'm glad that it is represented here now with the new list. Um, because too, I think people just think, yeah, Beyonce is just like a pop star and she does her thing, but like, this is a whole different piece that is like an, a, a work of art. Mm-hmm. This um, is art. That's it's what I was art. Say. Yeah. Is... <laughs> it's like actual art. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like similar of a lot of other top 50 albums is like Sgt. Pepper is like a work of art. Like it was a, a whole piece like put together. Like, I think that stands right alongside of those albums. Um, yeah. yeah. And like you kind of mentioned earlier how, you know, her kind of going through it and kind of keeping it from Jay-Z and kind of just going through it. It was almost, you know, I'm curious to how she felt doing it, if it was therapeutic, if it was, you know, to be able to go through all these things that all of us do, but then to be able to create uh, some type of art to express that you know how she was feeling you know i I, you know i'm curious to see what type of you know how she felt you know it seems like a huge release to kind of create something in all these emotions and you know uh, good point yeah 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 all uh iconic yes that is yeah oh absolutely and the one thing I thought is like instantly iconic. A lot of things that are iconic become iconic over time because they they last. Uh, instantly iconics, and you know the the yellow dress with the baseball bat is stuff like like as soon as it came out, it's just it's there. You know, just amazing. You mentioned yeah, there's not too many women in the top fifty, and on the previous version of this list, the first album uh, by a woman was Joni Mitchell's Blue at number thirty. We had to get through 29 albums before we got to a female artist. Now, uh, this is the sixth <laughs> on this list, the sixth album at number 32 by a female. So a big shift into representation and rightfully so, because there's some great music um, mm-hmm. we've talked about thus far and diverse. Like we've the women we've done so far is uh, Joni Mitchell, yeah. Lauren Hill, Aretha Franklin, Carol King, Patti Smith, and now Beyonce. That is a, a widespread <laughs> through multiple genres yeah. and I think really encompasses uh, and illustrates the incredible impact that female solo artists have had on music over the last five decades. So yeah, it's uh, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about this. Um, when I first listened to the album, I wasn't sure about the ranking. I thought oh, maybe it's high, but the more I've listened to it and then the more I've, been able to identify the the music that's been influenced since then just in the last five years it definitely feel as deserving to be here and i can only anticipate that in future iterations of this list it will be higher for sure because i think it's still going to influence people get in the studio now i think people are still going to be leaning on this for inspiration so uh yeah i think a good mm-hmm. spot now but it's going to go up <laughs> for sure Speaking of in the future, we uh, you you did mention this, Kelly. We like to 
uh, note if the the artist has any more albums. Beyonce has one more album on this list. That's her self-titled uh, album from 2013. That comes in at number 81. So we do have another opportunity to talk about Beyonce. And as in uh, many, I'm sure she'll pop up from time to time on other albums <laughs> we discuss. So we said she's already been on one, Kanye's uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy, and I'm sure she'll be on more. So um, that brings us to the end of our review of uh, Lemonade. Uh, we did it. <laughs> ben, are you still with us? <laughs> A few technical problems along the way, mostly due to my internet tonight, but uh, yeah, we've made it to the end. We get to continue on this journey with uh, female artists uh, coming up at number 33. We get to listen to Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Um, may she rest in peace. Um, so one more to add to that list that you mentioned, Mike, of uh, yeah. stellar, powerful female voices here in the upper echelon of this list of the greatest albums of all time. I uh, want to give a special thank you to Kelly and to Cam. Thank you for joining us. It was great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you both. Yeah. And we want to thank you for listening at home. We hope you'll join us next time when we review Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Until then, take care. Um, oh, we need a better outro. Um, <laughs> be well be well we'll we hope you join us next time on the sound logic podcast man keep we should just record your podcast oh, keep keep on <laughs> keep on podcasting <laughs> keep on keep on on keep your stick on the ice yeah yeah if you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>